seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have me, Sacred Stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother... Welcome, friends, to episode 140, your Magic and Gaming podcast, where we talk about all types of things here on Color of Magic. I am your host, Daquan Watson, and for 140 dang episodes, still got my main man, Brian Allen. How's it going, dude? Going good. Uh, we still have <laughs> we still have power, and uh, that thanks to, and right now, we still have water, you know, praying for people in Odessa. I don't know if you heard about that. Man, I did, where it's like 105 degrees or something, and they're told they may not have water for like 48 hours. Yeah. Just, That's rough. Texas Hopefully, y'all ain't dealing with stuff too hot where you're at. Yeah, I mean, it's hot, but far as I know, we're going to have power and water, at least for the foreseeable future. Fingers crossed. Man, I'll tell you what, like, it ain't even been hot at all here yet. We for real, I think I've had two days so far this year, maybe three that have peaked over 80. I ain't gonna lie. Like, it's been rough because people have been like, man, I just want summer to get here so we can go do some stuff. But like, I think this week the high might be like 68. <laughs> like, it's, it's rough. It was it was sprinkling earlier, raining outside. Yeah, we, is real in Seattle. Yeah, yeah we we're living different lives, man, weather wise for sure. But man, we have some stuff, some good stuff to cover on on this week's episode. So before we get into that, let's pay some love to our folks over at Cardsphere.com, you, where you can buy and sell cards at the price you want. And it's actually really convenient when you have a situation like mine, where I'm still trying to get rid of these. 11k worth of cards that i bought and you know i just been busy i did the stuff in richmond or whatever and it's been cool to be able to just move stuff on my own time which is really nice so i can slowly conveniently get rid of it i don't have the problems i would deal with if i was on like ebay and stuff which is pretty cool but yeah go check them out they've been supporters of our show since we wasn't crap (laughs) (laughs) before anybody was listening to us you know they they were giving us some love so uh go check them out to a grasshopper as we yep that's how the old folks say down south but yeah also if you want to support the show directly go over to patreon.com slash color of magic and you could be a supporter just like demetrius who's been supporting us since july 21 so thanks coming up on one year just a few weeks away so look at that almost been a supporter for a year and Finally, if you want to get some of our new sweet tokens that are up, we got those up last week and people seem to be enjoying them. You go over to colorofmtg.com slash shop. Okay. Uh, man, we got things this week. We, we, oh. I'm going <clears> to <throat> get it ready on this one. But one of, one of the, my big gripe this week is and man it kind of falls into a lot of slots but like one just poo-pooing on a lot of people's fun because it's something that you don't enjoy and the truth is there are going to be a lot of things in this world you don't enjoy that doesn't mean other people can't enjoy them now i get it let's say somebody's doing a thing and it's harming other people or whatever like great hate that that's a thing you shouldn't be doing that and supporting it but if somebody just likes a game or a movie or whatever that you don't, who cares? 
Hell, there's things that we each like that are not great, but we like them. And the other side of that is that doesn't make it great because we like it. Like, example, there's really crappy movies. I'm sure we each have one. Right? And that's part of what you enjoy is that, you know, it's kind of uh, just... uh... It's like junk food almost. Yeah. Like we've all got one or two shows. We watch some trash TV. But then I don't look and go like, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a show that somebody liked that I didn't. But I don't look at that and just go like, oh, I can't believe you watched that and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that's terrible. Like, okay, so why is their thing, their form of trash worse than your form of trash? Right? It doesn't make any sense. And then we apply this to gaming, right? Where people say like, oh, well, Whatever, you know, these type of games are terrible. I don't know why anybody plays them. Like, I don't play a lot of first-person shooters, but I don't look and just be like, uh, nobody should ever play those again. They shouldn't make any more. Obviously, they're popular and people enjoy them. Let them have their fun. I don't my, care. My favorite is, you know, how people will make fun of me for watching soap operas and ask me if I saw wrestling. Because they don't. <laughs> the irony is lost on them completely. Same thing. Same thing. If you change the setting from, you know, Jabot Cosmetics to to uh, Omaha, Nebraska, whatever the arena is, it's the same show. <laughs> yeah, same thing. Same thing. So, like, I don't I don't understand this. And, and even now, we're seeing it with Magic, right, where people are just mad at all these Command Fest things and people talking about it. I'm like, you know what? People are enjoying having fun playing the game the way they want to play it to the tune of literally thousands of people showing up every day at these Command Fest things. So, like, just let them enjoy it. You mean people, there are people that enjoy a casual, friendly format more than they enjoy sweating bullets and and agonizing over every single decision? Who would have thought? Yeah, so hard to believe, right? But even to say, and then the problem that comes with this is it leads people down these roads of making just bad decisions and then spreading a bunch of bad narratives, right? Like, oh, well this is dying and wizards is doing this and like, it's like, you're ignoring all the facts. Like they obviously made a pile of money last year. They have more people wanting to be involved with their things. They've gotten more players interested. You know, obviously the command fests are doing well. And this is before next month when we start running competitive qualifier tournaments again. So we might be getting a whole other round of players. So it'd be like, well, I just don't like this and like this. So obviously the game's dying. Like, no, it's not. a tip somebody gave me in talking about, you know, uh, newspaper sales that when somebody says there's nothing happening, they usually talk about there's nothing happening, you know, between their own ears. And sometimes when they're talking about this game is dying, they're often talking about how's nothing happening with their own channel or with their own content, which yeah, is like why a, they're declaring everything is dying. Like a good example, there was a Reddit thread, which, you know, it's Reddit, whatever. But there's a Reddit thread last week asking content creators, like, have we reached the peak? or whatever and all these people are going away and is the game dying and whatever it's like no like the reality is we had a bunch of people who tried to step up they didn't treat it like a job and didn't do real work and then now that the pandemic's i won't say over but we're through the roughest part of it at least like people are going back to work you're hitting the summer where people are starting to do stuff with their kids and whatever like so there's fewer views to go around and if you ain't squat you ain't getting the attention People are able to touch grass again to some extent. Yeah, but to just be like, oh, that's it. I'm I'm not getting views, whatever. That must be it. It's over. And it's like, no, it's not. 
Especially if you know your content is, hey, this game is dying. People that enjoy the game probably don't want to hear that all the time. Oh, man, I, I got a whole rant on people not putting in the effort, but then griping about, oh, well, there's no views and it's oversaturated. And blah. I found space. Now, admittedly, I've had to bust my ass to get it, but I found space. <laughs> so to say it couldn't be had, nah. But yeah, like just because we like, like can something. You crank out the same video everybody else is cranking out? No, you can't, nor should you aspire to. Also true. But no, being serious, like the bottom line is just because you like something doesn't make it the greatest thing ever. And just because you dislike something does not make it the worst thing ever. There is a lot of room in between. And let some people enjoy the things the way they want. That's okay. Right? As we we said, don't sometimes have it's the worst thing is actually entertaining. And then sometimes the best thing is, you know, kind of like there's a bunch of Academy Award nominated movies that are real hard to watch even the first time, let alone more than once. Agreed. I, I think the same thing with games, right? There is games. A good example. Any of these like uh, whatever the recent game was that everybody's talking about that has like the super hard mode or whatever. Right. Like I look at that and just go like, eh. I'm not interested, right? I'm not trying to just like wear myself out playing a video game. Obviously, it was super popular. Everybody played it. Nothing wrong with that. I'm not going to sit here and tell everybody they're wrong or say the game's terrible. I just look and say it's not for me. And that's okay. Just let people, especially in Magic, right? Where we're talking about a game that you can play literally like, I don't know, 20 different ways (laughs) if you want to. If somebody finds a version they like and they can find enough other people Great. Let them enjoy it. Hell, even within Commander, we have super casual players and super competitive players. And you know what? They all existed at Command Fest and everybody left happy. And we had almost no complaints about power levels at table or anything. Because people were showing up, finding other people that wanted to game the way they wanted to, and they had a grand old time. And especially after, you know, we've been locked away for going on three years. People are just so happy to get out and play, you know, get back to the gathering and play whatever, however. For sure. Absolutely. And maybe that's part of it, right? Just letting people just, hey, let's get back and be cool around other humans. We ain't seen people in so long. Like, I don't want to be that guy that starts a fuss or whatever. Like, let's just have a good time. You know, and I'm good with that. That deck you hated three years ago, you, you're you happy to see it now just because you're outside. <laughs> yeah, just to see another person pilot it, honestly, which is sad. But all right, I'm going to pass it off because we got more things to talk about. I think this may end up becoming a category, you know, during the month of June, but just a, a couple of pretty significant Pride Month fails this week that I had to mention. Uh, Burger King in Austria, I didn't never thought about there being Burger King in Austria, but I guess, yeah, it, it's global. They have a Pride Month burger, and there's apparently two kinds you can get. There's one with, uh, wish I were making this up. There's a Pride Month uh, Whopper with two top buns with the sesame seeds, or you get the Pride Month burger with two, for lack of a better term, the two bottom buns with no seeds whatsoever. I ain't gonna lie. I ain't even mad at that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I can, I can honestly see them running, running that by somebody that thought that, Hey, that was incredibly funny, but here's my thing though. Like 
Do you roll up in the drive-thru and be like, I want to get the Whopper with the two top. Make sure it's two tops. I don't want them two bottom buns. Give me the two top buns. <laughs> I, I, that may be one of the problems that they realize, like, hey, they, they, they flew entirely too close to the sun on this one, and now they're apologizing against those burgers. So, hey, if, if, if you were able to get one, <laughs> make a video. I guess it's a collector's item at, at this point or something. And, I, and I'm not trying to be super funny here but like what does that do to your inventory and or say about your customers when like somebody who checks in for the late shift is like why we still got all these top buns left over <laughs> yeah they ain't even probably thought about supply side crisis either because you saw how quickly the mexican pizza just, just obliterated top or we tried to go taco bell they couldn't even get a chalupa they, they just are out of everything because they underestimated how many people wanted the Mexican pizza? It yep. was, it was like that, that uh, the Szechuan sauce when they tried to roll right? that out with McDonald's. People was killing people for some of that. It got to that point. And then another uh, another one, this probably won't surprise you, that uh, Fox Sports had a Pride Month fail. Of course Amy, they did. Amy Schneider, the uh, you know the, the uh, Jeopardy champion that had, a, I think, a re- still a, a record-breaking run on Jeopardy, who is is uh, transgender. She threw out the first pitch at a baseball game in San Francisco over the weekend, and for some unknown and to this point still completely unexplained reason, rather than show her throwing out the actual first pitch in real time, they opted to show NASCAR driver Kurt Busch making a, a, a doing throw the first pitch from, I guess, a week or so ago. That just a, a complete unforced error by Fox Sports. If you hadn't even if you just didn't show the first pitch, nobody would have even noticed. Because yeah, there's so many times like, they don't show it. That's the mistake. It's like if you just didn't want to show it, just don't show it at all. But like, the just, fact that in yeah. San Francisco during Pride Month, you just completely replaced the first transgender woman in Jeopardy history <laughs> with a, a NASCAR driver. For again, had to go back and find footage from from prior. <laughs> just, yeah, that's just dumb. That's no just dumb. Because you literally, like I said, you just don't you just don't show it, right? Yeah. If you don't want to show it, just don't show it. Like that. Er- that's easier. Yeah, if if you if you or somebody at the network has a problem with it, you don't show it. You go to the baseball game because there are so many times they don't show the first pitch. Yeah, unless a lot it's, of the time, know, unless it's the president, or in the case of Fox, back in the day when it was on when it was on Fox, if the American Idol threw out the first pitch, they would obviously make sure. Or it's Fox, they'd show. Oh, of course, if, absolutely. If the fifth runner up from American Idol threw out the first pitch, they'd make sure they showed it. And what they claim here is that this footage was to promote Fox's NASCAR race coming up soon. Maybe Man. true, but still a goof. Side <laughs> note, whatever happened to that dude with the big hair that lost to Kelly Clarkson? He's a little sweet. What? You know the, the Dr. Pepper commercial? Little sweet sliding in on his knees. Him? That's Justin Guarini, yeah. No, so really? He's still getting plenty of money. I not never as even much, made that connection. Not as much money no, as Kelly that's Clarkson. That's the same dude? That's little sweet, yeah. Wait a minute. Now I got to go to the internet. <laughs> I think now. I just gave the quarter. What did we learn? <laughs> yeah, like, for real. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. That is him. Yep. How, how, he looks different, man. 
So especially if you if you if you watch a program and don't fast forward through other commercials, you probably see him more often than you see Kelly Clarkson pound for pound because they show those commercials on everything. Man, his look has changed, right? I would have never made the connection that that was the same dude. Yeah. So what? he's still in the business, still getting. I mean, if he gets a quarter every time one of those commercials runs, I want his agent. Yeah, because he's done at least like five of those. Oh wait, that that campaign's been going on for that's pre-pandemic. That campaign's been going on for that's I swear trippy, probably five, five or six years if it's been a day. That is so funny, and it's clearly I, a popular campaign because a lot of campaigns don't go that far or that. Oh long. no, they're actually decent commercials. Yeah, like I would have never. Dude, if you would have said something, I, I would have been forever until I found that out. That is wild. Well, yeah, I did learn something. I got a bonus learning something. <laughs> but I don't know. Let's use that as a segue because right, you know what? We are learning things. So, Brian, I don't know. We both kind of had some fun stuff this week to talk about. So why don't you tell everybody what you learned this week? Okay, uh, I had mentioned this game briefly uh, several podcasts ago. It's called Rumbleverse. It's by Epic, so a lot of people are kind of selling it as Fortnite-only wrestling. And to be fair, that is a large component of it. Is you know, instead of instead of guns, you drop, uh, you know, you drop forty people into a into an arena and they fist fight. But it really, I, the beta was this past week, and learned there really is so much more to it than you know, Fortnite-only wrestling. There's just a great combo system. There's as it's just, you know, I mean, wrestling already kind of lends itself to Fortnite's art style because obviously, who wears better and more elaborate costumes than pro wrestlers? You got skins for days, which is how they make a large portion of their money. So, yeah, I'm gonna Man, buy. Please tell know. me there's like infinite luchadors running around. Oh, you know, there's luchadors. I saw many people looking like Randy Macho Man Savage, you know, or, <laughs> or Ezekiel slash Elias, depending on, you know. Oh man! So yeah, a bunch of and actually some of the some of the uh, you can unlock perks as you do things, and there are so many. Per- There's a perk called Woo, and you know it sounds worth whoever, but you know ever chopping somebody five or ten times or whatever. So so many little Easter eggs like that. Oh, so I'm assuming they've worked in like taunts. Oh right? yeah, so many taunts because again, epic. So there's gonna be all kinds of crazy taunts, you know, all kinds of. Just very well done, very high energy, and really in the fighting game genre, there's nothing like it at this point. Because yeah, there's a million fighting games, but this is the first game that's taking the whole battle royal thing. Like, hey, no guns, <laughs> your hands and whatever weapons you get, you know, whatever like blunt objects, as if it were a giant city-wide wrestling match. And obviously, steel chair, and in their combo system, which kind of like rock, paper, scissors. Only there's about I think six different things in there. The only thing that overpowers weapons is like your special move and then you know, basically special moves and ultimate moves, that type of stuff. Because, you know, it's a steel chair and this is a wrestling game. Or the stop signs, stop it for, you know, fans of ECW. Got to have your stop signs. So, I mean, if you even kind of like fighting games, I think you're going to love this. If you like wrestling, and by the way, it's going to be free to play a la Fortnite. They'll make their money off of all the skins and dance emotes and yeah i'm buying a luchador mask i promise you so yeah go get some of my money but get very well done i don't know when it's gonna have a full release but i didn't run into really hardly any glitches so it looks like it was gonna release in february but they postponed it you know obviously pandemic things and so many games (laughs) they're supposed to come out last year postponed to the first part of this year but i mean i definitely gonna keep you updated on it and i'm excited it feels like it's ready to go real soon 
Man, I'm just thinking if they could secure, I guess right now, WWE and AEW licenses, man, do you know the stuff like, could you imagine you could get like the whole Ric Flair robe? You right. Could get, you could get dressed up like uh, like Cody Rhodes. Yeah. Get you, hell, get you some coconuts like Dusty Rhodes. I think they should, because I know Brawl, uh, Brawl Holla has a bunch of WWE skins in there. So it seems like that's something they could probably get, get done. Man, because I'm thinking if you want to make money on on purchasable skins and stuff, yeah, shoot, like see how many people wouldn't just buy like certain outfits from their favorite wrestlers and stuff, right? Oh, there's a lot of money to be made there, and knowing Epic, they're gonna figure out how to make it. Get, oh, man, I'm just thinking about like all the things you could do. The quad just wants, you know, <laughs> just a, I'm just a thinking like, you could you could make smoking skull vests for people right? to wear. Like, I'm just saying, there's so many things. There's so many, like the list is infinite. Coming soon, we're going to have, you know, a, a Marvel themed wrestler. So you can have an El Muerte ad campaign whenever that movie drops. Yep. I'm just thinking like, you can get in a moat or uh, a taunt where you do the shirt rip like Hogan. Right. <laughs> like there's so many things. The double, uh, you know, if they want to not be PG 13, double birds. <laughs> yep. Or just That's do it where it blurs the hands. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they do that in a couple of the games. Depending yep. on the rating for the game. Oh, you know, Ozzy, you got to have the Ric Flair strut. You know, That's what I'm saying. There's so many silly things you could do. I think it would be super exciting for that. That sounds like a lot of fun, actually. I'm I'm into it. I, I could be down with that. And, you know, I also think to some extent, like, that's... It's weird to say this because you're still fighting. But it feels more family-friendly for a lot of people. Yeah. Versus not having, like, especially right now with the news being as far as, like, guns and everything else. Yeah. So, like, that actually seems like good timing on the game. Truthfully. Plus, thinking about Fortnite skins, it's it's just weird to see Batman or Darth Vader carrying a gun. It's just kind of immersion-breaking. Yeah, but, I guess that's true. I hadn't thought about that. But, but but to see those characters, you know, just just squaring up and throwing hands, okay, yeah, that's far more realistic. Yeah, that's true, too. I mean, there's a lot of stuff there you could do, even with, like, superhero stuff or whatever, which could be kind of neat. Man, yeah, that sounds fun. As far as what I learned this week, I already knew this, but I got a good reminder. Don't F with elephants. Now, you're probably wondering why I would say that. Uh, yeah, it feels like that a philosophical thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the name of the autobiography. <laughs> I, now, again, I've mentioned before, I have friends and family who work in zoos and whatever. So I've had a little bit of experience with larger animals and whatever and seen how they get trained, interact with, and, like, not interested. They are on my list of animals that, at a zoo, I would never volunteer to work those pens because they could just kill me just by accident, literally. Like, fling something, hit me with their trunk, whatever. Like, I'm I'm probably dead. And they just so, wouldn't even see you. They didn't mean to. Yeah, just so I'm like, not, and don't be wrong. It's not like elephants want to attack humans or whatever, but, like, you know, they're big animals that are smart, and if today was the day... You know, I'm done. (laughs) Well, being smart, one of the things people have heard about elephants is that they do have very long memories and they hold on to stuff. And they're very thoughtful about their actions. So a lot of times, and you've probably seen a lot of the videos on the internet or whatever, they don't really mess with humans that much. Matter of fact, they're kind of curious sometimes. They'll come up, you know, mess with stuff, but they won't really harm you because whatever. What are you going to do to them, right? However. If you attack them, if you are a poacher, if you come after their young, whatever, like, you can have more than your hands full. And apparently, 
there was a, uh, I believe she was a 70-year-old lady who, uh, as we say, she tested a theory and found out at her earliest convenience. <laughs> <laughs> she uh, effed around and found out, if you will. Apparently, she did something, and nobody knows what she did yet. I'm From the reaction, I'm guessing she was some type of poacher that did something that led to a mate or a child of this elephant being killed. But apparently, she was attacked by this elephant to the point that it destroyed her and trampled her. So, already messed up. They get her back to her village. They're going through a funeral process, setting up for her last rites and everything. And then... These three elephants come strolling up into the village. Apparently, this elephant didn't just show up on his own, brought his boys. Proceeded to further destroy her body. And that wasn't good enough. According to the reports, they also destroyed her house and her goats. <laughs> like, just came on with the vengeance killing. And then just walked off. Man. And I'm like, what did she do? Like, you did something so bad that the elephant sought you out to kill you and then was like, went and talked to his boys and was like, you know what? Nah, that's not enough. And walked miles to her village and continued the vengeance killing and then wiped out all her stuff and then left. It was targeted. It wasn't like they didn't mess with nobody else. Didn't go look for anyone else. Didn't like even people scrambling, screaming, didn't mess with nobody, at least according to the reports, and then just left. Like, we're not here for you. Exactly. <laughs> they had a job to do. They came in and got it done, and then they left. And they sent a message. Like, Elephant hit man. That's for real. Uh, like, y'all want to mess with me? You mess with my whole family. Right. Like, that's what that was. Like, you talking to me? Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I don't see like, anyone else here. Like, imagine being the people in that village, too. Yeah, right? Even you're traumatized just because now yeah. you know elephant vengeance is a thing. It like, just, that message got heard. You will yeah. not mess with an elephant in your area for years to come. For real. But I was like, y'all, don't play with elephants like no, that. No. Like, for real, it ain't worth it. That and hippos. Them are yeah. the two. Like, you just... Leave them be. It ain't worth your time. They, they ain't all cute like in the cartoons and the Parker Brothers uh, Hungry Hungry Hippo games. Yeah, it ain't worth it, man. It ain't worth it. Like, they're cool and all. I I respect elephants. I think it's awesome. The stories I hear about them. Like, I've even heard that, you know, when they have certain relatives die, or whatever, they will, like, yearly go back to their death areas or whatever and they they come and do like ritual stuff or whatever like it's crazy super cool super smart animals don't mess with them let them be it ain't worth your time who all right let's get into uh some of we only have a couple of topics today but these are pretty deep ones and have a lot to cover all right so we're gonna kind of drift over to the RPG space a little bit today because you may have seen some ancillary drama going on on the internet if you have people with a foot in those spaces. And it got real serious real fast. 
And I'm going to try to keep this mostly in line. And Brian, feel free to ask questions as we go along if you want to create some narrative for the listeners here, because there is a lot to track here. But basically, the majority of this has come out in the last week to two weeks, like very small window of time here on this stuff. But our, I don't know what we say, our antagonists of the story, if you will, are Satine Phoenix and Jameson Stone. They are, if you're in the role-playing space, uh, especially like D&D, D20 stuff, you've probably seen them on some shows. Uh, they have they do some streaming. They've written some RPG books. Like So if you're in that space, you, you know who they are. They are, I won't say royalty, but at least well-known celebrities in that space. Well, stuff kind of started coming to a head last week. Uh, like I said, sometime before that. It's been more than that now. But a gentleman named Chad Rowe, who's a tattoo artist, decided to post a conversation from between him and Jameson because I guess, according to him, there was some type of threat that Jameson was going to, in some way, try to come after some of his friends or discredit them or something or whatever. So he at least wanted to get out in front of it and say, like, hey, here's some drama we've been dealing with. So if you hear something, this is where it originates. Effectively. That was my takeaway from reading it. Which, by the way, this Chad Rowe is an actual known artist, tattoo artist in the community because he's done tattoos for Post Malone. Yeah, I so, forgot to mention that. He's, he's, so yeah, he's a real deal. Yeah, so he's he's somebody already. So, like, to come... Think about this, right? This this says... This already is a bad look because if you are Jameson, this is saying, like, you think so much of yourself that you're going to try to out this or attack this other person who's already made a positive standing for themselves. Right? So, this is already not great. But apparently they had some type of contractual issue about how a contract was written over the tattoos and how much time it was going to take and money or whatever. Well, this story comes out and then I'm not even joking. I mean, it was like somebody just turned on the drama spigot and drama fell out because it was like when I was refreshing, I was like following some folks like I mean, it was like every it felt like hour. There's like new story, new story, new story, new story. And I'm like, oh man. And, and for all that don't know, rare. I literally did not get the show notes to Brian until like right before we started recording because I was still having to yeah. confirm timeline on some of the stuff so we could talk about it. It's very rare if somebody has screwed somebody over that they've screwed just the one person in that space. <laughs> these are like, a lot of times these actions are a pattern. You screw somebody over on a contract or something, you feel like you've gotten away with it and then you know, <laughs> 45 <clears throat> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? i'm just saying he has i mean right? we have reports of, like but anyway we'll save that for another time so yeah so these stories start coming out and it's a i mean when they say like laundry list of stuff i mean it was like a grocery list if you were shopping for a whole ass football team i mean it was a lot of things so, I mean, it starts with people not getting paid. Apparently, writers that have written on some of their recent books that I don't believe are published yet, but are coming, are having issues getting their stuff paid. And then some are told they're not. And then there was stuff like, well, we're going to pay you, but it's after it goes through these level of approvals. And it's only through this thing. And then somebody gets a different excuse. So then it's just like, okay, so now they're just not paying any of us or whatever. Right? Yeah. So that's a thing. If people, the, if people, again, that do work in the same space, talk to each other. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. So there was a bunch of those reports I started seeing. And again, I don't know how many of these are true or not. 
Some people are corroborating stories because they work together or they talk to each other. Some are just isolated stories. So I'm not saying any of these are 100% true, but I'm saying where there's smoke, there's fire because there's a whole lot of smoke. I worked for a theater where this happened. And yeah, first thing the actors do is you start calling it, hey, you've been paid? You've been paid? When's the last Mm -hmm. time you got paid? That trick doesn't work if you have multiple employees and you just, or multiple people you've contracted with and just decide to stop paying them. People speak to each other. But see, so far at this point, it had been mostly contractual stuff. Yeah. But then the next wave of drama started dropping. And then there were people saying, oh, yeah, when we worked on this thing together, they were treating me this way. And I felt really gaslit because they were making me feel like this happened because of me or whatever. And then there was another person saying, ah, well, you know, I got treated like crap and they talked down to me. And, you know, they've just been bullying me on socials or whatever. And they're just like thing after thing. And I was just like, whoa. And then people who tried to hold them accountable for this stuff, or especially the contractors, apparently trying to get paid supposedly we're getting blacklisted to not work with them again, not be on any of their projects, not any of this stuff. So yeah, it's always funny how that's the first thing people go to. And like, I'll never work with you again. If you hadn't paid me, I don't care if you're never going to work with me again. Yeah, for real. I'm never going to work with you again if I don't get paid. Yeah. So that was the thing. So now people are being told, okay, well you're being black or supposedly we're going to talk to so-and-so and you're not going to work with them or whatever. Right now, admittedly, how much of that is true how much they could even influence that who the hell knows but the fact that he was even a threat bad then another round of people came out saying yeah when i worked them they were treating me like it was a privilege to work with their studio and whatever i'm like bruh don't get me wrong like you're somebody but you ain't somebody like i mean (laughs) like i love the tone (laughs) i mean you know what i'm saying though you know what i mean it's not like i don't know you're like john legend and like i'm a up-and-coming singer and you're like well you ain't gonna get to work with my studio and be like okay hold up you know what i mean like like that's influence like that yeah i don't know but to even throw that around on people is just terrible but this i will say and this is where i can interject some personal experience is i this is the part where i started to think about now i will say i've interacted with Satine once over the course of maybe a couple hours, because we were at the same convention several years ago, maybe five years ago now, and we were on a speaking panel together. It was me and her and I think like two other people. And before that, I tried to introduce myself because I was, you know, I try to do my research, know who I'm going to be on a panel with, whatever, right? So at least get familiar with the people, whatever. Mostly because I think it's smart. If we're going to be trying to answer questions at the same time and speaking over each other or whatever, I kind of want to at least have a little conversation with somebody so I can learn their cadence or whatever and understand, right? But she didn't really want to have much to do with me. Like, I couldn't get the time of day to even have, like, a casual passing conversation until she found out I was on the panel with her. Then all of a sudden, it was like, oh, okay, yeah, 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 right? Now I get the time of day. And then I kind of was just... And again, admittedly, this is only over a couple hours, but I'm like processing like how she's responding to people, how she's talking on the phone. And I, and my takeaway before any of this was known again, this is years ago. I just accepted. I'm like, okay, she's a, she's a bit self-centered and she's all business. If I'm not helping her, she's not that interested. And that's literally where I left it. I didn't know anything else about her. I mean, I knew, 
at least not in personal interaction. I knew who she was and I'd seen her name on some stuff or whatever. But like, as far as interactions, I just accepted. Some people operate like that and that's okay. Right. I wasn't even going to judge her for it. But now having seen the things of people talking about, oh, she treated me this way. I was being talked down to working with their studio. You know, they were treating it like a privilege for me to be there, whatever. And I'm like, ah, you know, this kind of tracks. And now I'm just like, oh, this this is where my light bulb goes. Man, a lot of this is probably true. Again, with the the, the way you treat people. It says a lot. It says a lot I about your a, character. I, I had a, a similar situation where uh where I saw a, a, a guy I, I knew in school being kind of a. Well, you know, being very aggressive with the young lady, and I, and again, I didn't think about it after I'd seen until you know many, many years. Other than you know, hey, you know, what are you, what are you doing over there? And I had you know, kind of just put it out of my mind. Then lo and behold, I'm at a newspaper years later, and the guy's name comes up in in connection with with some charges. It's like, it ain't at all. But it's like, I don't know for a fact, but from what I know about him, that checks out. And and that's my thing here, right? I'm not, again, I don't want to say that I any of this is to, again, this will be all come out over time or whatever. But on my limited experience, and I've been pretty good about interacting with people, reading people, whatever. That was my immediate takeaway. And it checks here with the behavior hundred percent like even independent of these, all these other stories, if somebody would have just told me that one thing in my brain, I would have went, yeah, that's probably true. And I wouldn't even have thought twice about it. But when you put it with all these other things, now I'm like, man, I bet that is true. Yeah. That's why you but really all the time have to watch how you treat people. The drama wasn't even done yet. It gets worse. So, now, Origins Game Fest was last weekend. So if you don't know, Origins is like the first kind of kickoff of the big summer tabletop conventions or whatever. And Origins, to be fair, people wanted Origins to boot Jameson and Satine out of the event. And I don't think that's totally fair to expect from them because a lot, like I said, a lot of this developed over the last week to 10 days. And they haven't really had time to, because, you know, when you get to setting up an event that big, you've been busy for the last week. They don't have, they haven't had, like, they've heard about it. They knew some stuff's going on. They didn't want people to feel unsafe. They did say they were working with a modified schedule because, you know, Satine and Jameson were going to be on some panels or something. They were in some way involved with some things. But they weren't going to go out of their, their way to boot them out because they hadn't had time to dive into the situation yet. And again, with a lot of this being, at this point, still a fair amount of hearsay, yeah. I kind of get it. Plus, you know, there are, there's talk, you know, that there will be a legal process, but yeah. that process in, in even close to barely started, let alone close to complete. yet. And to be fair, they do have legal interest to protect, right? If you just start booting people out and then you start tarnishing people's, per, you know, personality and character and whatever, then they're putting themselves in a situation without knowing all the details. So I don't I mean, for them to at least acknowledge, like, hey, we heard you. We are making changes to our schedule of stuff. We're limiting some of their interactions. Cool. So they, they did their part. But then Satine posts on social media. There were two posts. One, when she got back from Origins, said like, hey, I'm back. I saw all the stuff going on. I'm going to make a statement. 
whatever. And then the next day, she made her statement, which, to be fair, again, this comes back to why I'm always dubious of many apologies, actions over words. But she did post like, hey, I saw all the stuff people are saying. Like, I've obviously been screwing up for 14 years. Like, I should have been a better leader in the community. You know, all this. Right. Even saying like, hey, I also enabled some of Jameson's behavior like I shouldn't have, you know, whatever. Like, All right. Cool. But then a dude that goes by Robert G. Reeve on Twitter. By the way, this is why it took so long to put this together. There's a long ass timeline of things, y'all. He put up a conversation that was leaked to him from, I guess there's a private discord that involves these people. That. In some way, shape, or form, it sounds like Jameson was directed to no longer make public posts. Whether that's PR, legal stuff, whatever. Somebody basically got in his ear and said, hey, don't make legal, don't make posts anymore. I was about to say, private discord really is kind of a misnomer. <laughs> yeah, these days. But also, there was a follow-up message that sounds like they basically were making a strategy for this apology situation and that they're trying to shift the blame to Jameson to protect Satine. So then now you've got to question Satine's apology. That is, you know, that's some, some PR one-on-one. If you can deflect, if there are not even just PR, that's also legal stuff. If there's two defendants, (laughs) At some yep. point, your lawyer is going to advise you, like, hey, we're going to strategy number one. We're throwing your co-defendant under the bus. But if he's willing to take it and then just be quiet in the background, we talked about on show before. You pull, like all the other famous people, your Mel Gibsons, and you just go quiet for a while. Yeah. You know what I mean? Let it blow over. So maybe this is a strategy. I don't know. She could have been being completely legit in her apology. But then this happens, and now you have to call it into question. Right. So this this is where it gets kind of filthy and dirty because you're like, man, I would like to think that is a legitimate apology. But in less than 24 hours, I find out this other thing. I'm like, mm, was it legit, though? We're to the point now where, where your lawyers almost don't even let you make a legitimate policies because they admit wrongdoing and no lawyer <laughs> with their thought wants you to admit the wrongdoing. But again, and again, this is. And again, when we talked about before, when people are saying, well, why don't they immediately say something? Why do whatever? Because of situations like this, like legally, it is oftentimes whether you're right or wrong. This is the bad part about it. It is just not in your best interest to make a snap post like you hold on to that statement. You get all the right wording. You don't incriminate yourself or anybody else or anything on any level. And then you put it out. <laughs> or and people the strategy don't like that. is to, to throw your co-defendant under the bus you then you talk and you put it point it all in that direction yeah and then there's still more God, what's America? <laughs> i find out there's apparently been a lawsuit filed against these two and their company i believe it's called apotheosis i think is their company there was a lot of names and a lot of stuff yeah. i was trying to sift through i apologize but that's not them but if the 40K lawsuit, $40,000 filed against them from a company called Maze Arcana for misappropriation of funds on some project they worked on together. How much did you say? $40,000. Yeah. Now, I don't know if that's just that was supposed to go toward art. Maybe it's supposed to pay other contractors, writers, 
But apparently they're saying money didn't get used the way it was supposed to get used. Because that's what misappropriation misappropriation of funds is. And that also speaks to, you know, again, as I said, if you're not necessarily deep into the RPG content space, you might, but that, that gives you kind of a scope, I guess, of the level of projects these people are working yep. on. And now, and I, some of this, I can't say publicly who, but some partners and some people they have worked with are already talking about, yeah, we're going to probably have to pull some things back. We may be canceling a thing. We may do whatever. You'd have so like, to at this point. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this is drama, dog. Because <laughs> the reason you partner with people is to bring positive attention to your brand. This for this foreseeable future, these two are going to bring you the exact opposite of that. Yeah, this this short of them, like I don't even know. Like this 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 is about as bad as you could be without probably doing physical harm to somebody. I mean, because you're talking about like going down the list, right? You you didn't pay people. You misuse money from partners. You've threatened to blacklist people. There's multiple reports of gaslighting, bullying, you know, whatever. There may or may not be a real apology at this point. Some like dirty stuff going on behind the scenes. That's again just at, at every level. This is the, these are the things you don't do. Like obviously, pay people when they've done when when you've agreed to pay them. Don't threaten to blacklist people because it's not again. Maybe y'all couldn't work together. You still should not deny people the right to have income again, unless they've done something criminal or egregious. If you just didn't like their work, don't be threatened to blacklist. Yeah, we're adults. If y'all don't get along, you just don't get along. Because that, that's, that's fine, thing, especially the creative space. That's the thing that's going to happen. There are people where my comedy might not work with your comedy, or my vision for this YouTube video might not be the same as yours. And yeah, okay, we just we, we go our separate ways. I'm not going to tell it. Hey, yeah, don't anybody, don't anybody work with the quad. He's crazy. There's no point in doing anything like that. Yeah, I mean it's this is rough, man. And and think about this: if you are in this space. This sucks if you're a fan of theirs. Like this, because you know, even for our personal content stuff, there's people who follow you every day. There's people that message you. There's people yeah. that buy your merchandise, whatever. Right. And they've been with you. Like you have, I mean, I, I've only even been doing YouTube for a couple years and I feel like I already have some ride or dies with me. Right. Other people have sent stuff, you know, to, to my kids for Christmas because of my content and because of this podcast. So yeah, I, it, Exactly. Imagine if somebody found out like you did some of this messed up stuff and how bad they would feel. They're like, man, right. I sent this dude's kid stuff for Christmas. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, like this is nuts. This is nuts. And and I'm for I feel fortunate that I only have like a very small ancillary interacting interaction with these people. Because I have no business ties to any of them. Like, cause man, I would feel really, really blindsided by this right now. And I'm sure we're going to have probably the Michael David Lynch situation where a lot of people probably worked on projects with them, had no idea. Oh, I know they did. <laughs> any of these things were going on. And now I got to be re reaching oh, yeah, out was, like, yeah, delete all that footage. Um, <laughs> you can tell people didn't because on these Twitter threads and stuff where people are posting, like, you know, laying their stories out. 
there's other people going like, oh man, I didn't know that happened to me too. Yeah. Or, oh, when I was doing this thing, they did it. So I was like, oh, now it's all coming out. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's rough, man. I don't know how they're going to resolve this. That there's, you know, there, there's people in this industry that you, that you you may have worked with. You might have done, again, 10 collaborations. In my case, you know, might have been in 10 different, you know, shows with them. And you think you know them. Then something happens like you you, you knew their stage persona, basically. That's what you just have to and- realize is that. And you know what? This is why I also tell people, like, it is hard to hold someone accountable when somebody else screws up just because they were friends or something. Because, like, me and you, we've known each other for years, and I know there's still stuff about you I don't know. Every week, I find out, like, I find out something about you knowing about falconry or just something. Well, yeah, exactly. Like- so, like, if something pops up that's kind of screwed up, it wouldn't be like, oh, well, then that means Brian's awful, too. And it's like, no. It's not like hell. Just because we, we know each other works together, area code. <laughs> so yeah, but I, I like. This is why I tell people like you got to take it individually and hear each person out because there's a good chance. I would say the majority of the people that worked with them had no idea all this was going on behind the scenes. I mean, hell, I personally have heard about them and knew of them, and I hadn't heard any of this stuff. But apparently, this has been a, a track record of things for a while. And in so many cases, it takes that one person coming forward. And then once, as you said, like once the spigot opens, everybody, oh, yeah, they did this. They did every one person. They did just the torrent comes out. Because, again, as I say, people, people in the industry talk to each other. But there are cases where, hey, you know, let's say you, you did YouTube and the YouTube people didn't talk to the people that follow you on Twitter or vice versa, or you wrote for a site and they've never talked to the people, you know, that work with you on YouTube, but then it blows up on Twitter. Now everybody starts talking to each other. I mean, here's the thing. Like imagine, I mean, in Satine's own words, the past 14 years she was taking blame for. Now, again, assuming the apology is legit. Think about all the people that have hired her, worked with her, invited her on a show, had her at their conventions. But like, do you think all those people for 14 years knew all that was going on? Not a chance. Not a chance. Like I said, I sat on a panel with her and knew none of this. And that I'm at least on the back half of all those things happening in a timeline. I didn't know any of those existed. All you got from your limited interaction was, yeah, seems a little self-centered. Yeah, and that was it. And I just walked away and went like, okay, cool. Turns out, Spidey Senses was way right. <laughs> like, who knew? But yeah, man, this is, a, this is a wild one. I don't know. I'll obviously be following this to try to see what the resolution is or how much of this is actually true or not, but... You know, again, I take some of it with a grain of salt because it's very easy for people to jump in for attention and pile on when all this stuff starts coming out. But when there's this many, some reasonable percentage of this has to be true. And And I say, I, you know, I don't know either person. I'm only, you know, reading and 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 talking to Daquan. But just for my how long I've known Daquan, yeah, his his spider senses tend to. (laughs) Yeah, this this was a crazy one, but uh, let's talk about something a bit more positive. 
So finally, finally, we have a date and a location for the next World Championships, which will be the 28th World Championships for Magic the Gathering. In, well, I was going to say sunny Las Vegas, but it's going to be October. So I don't know how sunny it's going to be in October. But October 28th to the 30th, which coincidentally is Halloween weekend in Las Vegas. We're going to be doing this at an event called Magic 30, because for whatever reason, we just name things simply for Magic, and I don't know why. But Magic's 30th anniversary. They're going to be doing a big to-do in Las Vegas. Does that get you excited, Brian? Uh, it's not like it's outside. <laughs> so, <laughs> still, I'm seeing people on my time like, hey, I got COVID. You know, if you were around me, get tested. So, I mean, I'm excited that a lot of people are going to have fun. <laughs> you know, I will say this. I've been very lucky that, you know, the couple, now, admittedly, the couple things I went to, everybody was masked and, you know, vaccinated, whatever. I tested for COVID when I got home from Richmond over four days. Negative, so I'm good. And I would like to think, since Wizards was responsible in setting the mandate for all the Magic Fest, I would like to think they're going to do that in Vegas. However, it's also Vegas, and it's in the state of Nevada, who also have not really been doing any pandemicking. So you know, uh, that, that hurts the tourism. Vegas sells Vegas sells sexy and you know, hey, everybody everybody wearing a mask and standing away from each other ain't while it's healthy. It's not it's not sexy for selling tourism. You know, bruh, Vegas. Saddest saddest thing for me is when they were trying to get them casinos rolling again and you see one or two people with masks and then in the background next to you we see that little old dude that's got his like propane tank of air or whatever that right? thing is, an oxygen tank. And he's smoking a cigarette with no mask or whatever. And so I'm he like, bro, he got a cigarette like, in each hand. I'm like, you just, you for real ain't pandemic Like you just. But if you think <laughs> about it, who does Vegas attract? People that are willing to take risks. People that are willing <laughs> yeah, to gamble. True. And they don't. You can see people gambling with their life and their life savings simultaneously. It's that is very true. That is very true. Now, I will say this. There are a lot of facilities still available to be used when you're in some place like Vegas, because Vegas has a ton of facilities. So this does make for a reasonable location. They probably didn't have to hunt too hard for, which I'm sure. And they know that Vegas is a good draw for Magic players, right? The biggest events we've ever done for Magic have been in Vegas. So I get that part, too. Now, what's weird, of all things, I have more of a problem with it being on Halloween weekend. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's going to be good crossover, but yeah, there's, is that what I want to do with my Halloween, especially, you know, as an actor? No, there's maybe a lot of other places, not even me, there's a lot of other places I'd probably like to be theatrical-wise. Oh, I'm also just thinking about just like the traffic, because you know yeah, Vegas has to be a big Halloween town. Well, yeah, all of that too. So, I mean, that's going to be a thing. So, like, I don't know, but I mean, most of the stuff we're going to do will be inside at a facility. So, you know, if you go... You're probably going to be separated from a lot of it anyway. And I believe it's at the World Market Center is the location. So it's like it's not in the heart of the strip by any means. It's it's further out of the way, closer to Fremont Street and stuff. So if you've ever been to Vegas, it's closer to old Vegas than new Vegas, but still has plenty of stuff around it. But they're going to be doing a lot of cool stuff. They did announce that there's going to be a big modern tournament or modern tournaments that feed a top eight fantasy like beta booster draft which is cool so if you do well in this event you get to 
play, well, booster draft packs of beta to get whatever you open, which is a valuable thing because even like junky beta cards are worth money right now. Yeah. So that's pretty sweet. So that's kind of a cool thing. Uh, they're going to be doing Infinity events because Infinity will release around that time. So that's cool. They've already talked about inviting some of the cosplayers there to do some fun things. So that's pretty neat. They're also going to have an exclusive secret layer that's going to be available that weekend only. So don't know what it is yet, that's but kind of cool. That's, yeah, that gets me hype. Now, I will tell you this. One of the things, and I can talk about this now because the time is long past, but I had gotten to Wizards not i mean we were we were it was before the 25th anniversary but we were coming up to it and one of the ideas i had pitched was what if we did a product obviously you can't do reserve list cards but what if we took 10 of the best cards from every set and then just put that in a big box set and sell it for some big number i actually said to be funny you could sell it for something that comes out to like i don't know since it's like the 25th anniversary or something like whatever. But I was like, man, people would buy the crap out of this. Like, and they could be functional reprints. They could be collector's editions, whatever. But like, that would be a cool ass set to own. Maybe they all get fancy borders or something special for a 25th anniversary product or whatever. But I don't know, never went anywhere, but it was just one of those things. They were just asking people like, if we could make a 25th anniversary thing, what would you want to see? But I was thinking like, what if that's the secret layer? We get a third. Maybe it's not 10 cards. Maybe it's like five cards from each set or something. But like, even that would be cool. You just get this big old box and maybe it's like, I don't know, two, three hundred dollars. Like that could be cool to have. And do you, do you get a kickback since that was your idea? Something? No, heck no. Like <laughs> I, I'm not even under contract with them anymore. There's no way I would get anything. But the cool part is, and this should actually please you, Brian. If you don't want to go to Vegas and you don't want to take a risk or you don't feel comfortable, they're going to make virtual tickets available. So you can be entertained, watch all the festivities, be part of it. You can even have stuff shipped to you, I believe, as part of your ticket. So if you want to do a booster draft at home with your friends or whatever. And from the sounds of it, purchasable items like the secret layer will be available to those who also buy virtual tickets. Okay, that sounds cool. Yeah, so I'm actually... This is one of those ones where, like, if you want to be mad at Wizards, it's like, they've actually made considerations for a lot of things here. Like, so even if you don't like the event, you don't want to be there for whatever reason, or you don't feel safe or whatever, like, this sounds like a pretty suitable option with this yeah. virtual ticket thing. And don't worry if you want to be mad. They'll give you another reason to be mad in a week or two. But this is one where, like... This sound, yeah, this sounds legit so far. Yeah, like... And we've seen enough virtual events to know that they can happen now. Yep. I mean, we've seen a diff- different conventions try it. We've seen a bunch of different companies do stuff, whatever. So Blizzard was doing this before the pandemic, just in case true. you couldn't get there to Blizzard. Very true. Because their tickets used to sell out in like an hour. Right. And they they were already doing the virtual thing. You're right. Way ahead of time. So, yeah, this is totally a thing that can be done. Though so I would assume reasonable percentage chance that they're going to be able to pull this off decently. And even more entertaining is they actually said, even if you can't get to Vegas, even if you don't want to buy the virtual ticket, they're going to do more of these 30th anniversary parties over the next year with the next one happening in February in Charlotte, North Carolina. So there will be another opportunity for you to get to one. 
So they've made it accessible-ish. Admittedly, we're still just in the United States with it. So, I mean, take that for what it is. Not to, But they do have partners they're working with for the regional events around the world. So I would guess if there's going to be other ones, one of those regional partners would run them. And again, virtual tickets, you know, for... Yeah. So I'm I'm on board with this. This sounds like a good-ass time and nothing to really be mad at. I Like, my first instinct was like, okay, third anniversary party, what are we doing, blah, 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 all right. But then I read through it all and kind of went, I think they might have checked all the boxes. Yeah. And coming soon, Magic 30 for 30. <laughs> yeah. But, and they also said, like, there's still going to be the commander area and, you know, some of their wizards people like Gavin are going to be there. So, like, if you just want to show up and play commander, that'd be a thing. So, like, they've got the competitive stuff with these modern tournaments that feed this beta draft. You've got the world championships as a draw. You've got the infinity and the commander stuff for your casual crowds that just want to have fun with their goofy cards or whatever. If people can't be there, you've got virtual tickets. You've got cool items that are going to be for the weekend that you can buy that are exclusive. So there's going to be cool trinkets and takeaways and even some collectible stuff. And then if you don't want to do any of that, they're like, hey, we're going to give you other opportunities for the next year to do these closer to you. I don't know what else they could have done for this. Like, I literally was thinking about, like, what reasonably makes sense? Because, hell, they even have, like, cosplayers and stuff involved. So I'm like, this is about as reasonable and, like, as big as you need it to be as far as from an organizing standpoint, guests you're inviting, whatever. Like, this seems pretty solid. I'm, I'm, I don't know if I should say I'm surprised, but at least moderately pleased. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, everything I've heard so far sounds fun. Yeah, I'm I'm down with it. So there you go. Those are the details on Magic 30. So this kind of got announced like and just thrown in front of everybody. The name is probably all the only gripe I got. Yeah, that's the only thing I got is wrong with it. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I do have a wizard's gripe. I do have a wizard's gripe. This is because there was a limited edition dragons only secret layer that was available off site. It was on Beetle and Grimm's website. The ones that made the like four five hundred dollar Kamigawa backpack, and they make other cool like D and D trinkets or whatever. They had I don't remember what the number was. It was a couple thousand sets that were available only on their site till they sold out, and they sold out in three hours. And a bunch of people didn't even know they existed. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. And honestly, I was late to the party. I'm a little disappointed. I would have liked to have had one, but I mean, I'm not been out of shape about it. But I don't know like where it was even initially announced because I found out like the morning of or something when they went live, was, which was already too late. And, you, know, yeah, at that point. You, <laughs> you got your finger on the pulse of the magic community. If you didn't yeah. know. Like, I don't even know. And there were people in my Discord we were talking about, and they're like, what are y'all talking about? And we're sharing leaks, and they're like, oh, I've never even heard of this, or whatever. So, like, a large percentage of the people who were even engaged didn't even know it was a thing. So, that needed a little more promotion or presentation. And the fact that Beetle and Grimm also let people order up to 10 sets. Oh! Yeah, I'm like, why? And they weren't even cheap sets. They were pricey. They were like, I don't know, like $100 a shot or something, like some big old number. And I'm like, why? Why were you even letting people buy tens? They went full horde mode. 
I mean, to be fair, if I'd have been on there, I probably would have bought 10, though. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm not going to say I wouldn't have, but I'd have. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm probably, not going to lie. I'd have mildly bad while doing it. Knowing that they're going to be valuable and rare, I would have bought 10. Well, yeah, I, just being real. Almost, but it's like a stock tip. You almost have to. I yeah, guess. but like you shouldn't allow me to buy 10. No, like that's that's my thing. Like you're going to force me to make the moral guilty decision because you're letting me buy 10. Like I hate you for that. Like just only make me let me buy four. That's it. A place that it cost you everything. Exactly. But that's my thing, though. That That is a real guy. Maybe this is a little bit of Wizards and a little bit of Beetle and Grimm because they could have also promoted it themselves. If you you have a partnership product or whatever. But truthfully, four should have been the limit. That That's like the imaginary limit on buying things for Magic because that's a play set. You know what I mean? That's the number that should kind of always. Exist. I could even go for five where you're like, I got a play set and one to trade or give to somebody. Like, I'm also good with that. But 10, not the number. <laughs> 10's just wrong so yeah anyway that's out there i probably just informed a bunch of people there was a sweet ass secret layer you missed <laughs> like you didn't even know it was a thing it happened I told, while you were i asleep. told you wizard to do something <laughs> within a week or two it took less than an hour <laughs> yeah that's a hard one i don't know who to put the blame on on yeah. that one but yeah, yeah, it had less than 10 minutes because we were we were yeah. almost to the dinner table talk and found something. To- I'm just saying it's out there. Go check it out, though. It's actually pretty sweet. They did some of the like uh, AFR dragons like Tiamat and whatever in the like old school that what they've been doing for the D&D sets, the like monster manual style art and stuff. Looks really cool. Would have been nice to own a set. If somebody, a matter of fact, if somebody bought 10 and you would like to sell one or two of them. Hit me up. I'll probably buy them for. I'll give you a ten percent bonus already up front before you even get them in your hand. You can make an extra ten percent on your your order, and I'll pay shipping to myself. Always making the deals, man. Always, always, always got to be promoting. Got to be moving. But all right. All that being said, let's go ahead and hop over to the dinner table because today I actually wanted to kind of give people a little more insight on us and i guess i'll start with you brian like let's let's talk about like what at what moment or what change to lead you to a point that you knew you wanted to produce content for yourself for a living i mean to me that there's never been any other goal ever since i was i'm talking literally two or three years old crawling over the tv watching johnny carson i knew i wanted my own talk show so this is just this is really like yeah. that long. Yeah, absolutely. I never there there was never anything else I ever wanted to do other than be the center of attention. <laughs> just I've all you wow know, every church, high school, town, you know, you know how most people are uncomfortable if if they're speaking in public. I, I have the complete opposite. I am uncomfortable if no one is paying attention to me, and I've always been that way. Fair. I tell people all the time, like, I was not born with an embarrassment gene. Right. I have never met a stranger because I'll just talk to anybody. Yep. Like, so I, I get where you're coming from on that. So, like, I, like, now, now, something... I know that it would, you know, obviously, when I was a kid, there was no YouTube. There were no podcasts. So I had no idea the means by which I mean, I was thinking, like, OK, you know, late night talk show, because, hey, if you're a comedian, that was pretty much. That's the pinnacle of there was, you know, almost no other way for a comedian to reach thousands Mm, of people or millions of people. That's true. 
So I definitely what, what changed for me was the you know obviously the advent of social media, the internet, and there became different ways to get my material out there. It's really the big thing that changed for me, and I guess that really kind of started to happen. I guess really as a uh, I'm trying to think when you know, and well, like we talked about, we were adopting or we were in you know chat rooms the second there were chat rooms because we're into nerd stuff. Shoot, I the rec dot games boards, right. man. Yeah, way back when. Exactly. And then those evolved to like IRC stuff. Yep. I was on IRC arguing with people about what was the best RPG. And then I was noticed, hey, wait, you know, this I think this internet thing is gonna catch on. You know? yeah. <laughs> Hell, I actually I should say there was an intermediate step actually, because in the middle they're like AOL hit for a little bit. Yep. So I was doing the AOL chat rooms for like different theme stuff that I was into or whatever. Oh yeah. And then IRC kind of like I don't even I think I stumbled onto IRC somehow. I was and in that, AOL that became chat. my preferred. I was in there for wrestling, e wrestling, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs chat because that's my. Dude, wait, 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 wait. Did you did you do one of those like e wrestling like RPG league things? Oh, absolutely. I, oh, I did one too. That's what's it, bro. <laughs> I am. A, I, I, I am a multiple time world champion. Of no, me too. Hey, two times. Two times. Yeah, right. And a tag champ, by the way. Right? But, like, here's the thing. Okay, okay wait, so now I got it. We're going to go off a little. Yeah, whoa. so sidetrack. Right? If y'all don't know what this is, it's basically yeah. like in, in a storyline driven RPG thing. So, like, think about pro wrestling like it is, and you have like weekly segments or whatever. So, you have like, I don't know, the 25 or 30 people in your league or whatever. And you literally have to like devise stories of why you and this other person are involved. And like, you have to cut promos or whatever, write your promos out. And then whoever the booker or the manager is sets up the weekly events or monthly pay-per-views or whatever. And then you have like a randomizer on based on certain things on if you were going to win the match or not. Yep. Like it you was pretty wild. Fun, like, though. You almost call it like D and D, but for real. Yeah. Like that's a. Re- I wonder if those are still out there. I just, they are. They are. I just you know have not done one recently because you know I, I had my, my core group that, that I hung out and, and e wrestled with and said we've probably lost touch over the years. But if By I can way, find if, any of my main group, yeah, I'm gonna be back. If y'all were ever questioning if we truly are nerds, and, <laughs> yeah, if there's. Any- <laughs> If ever, and people do say, you know, they try to, especially, it, I think it happens more to women than it does to men. But uh, you're faking it. You're not a real nerd. I, I think, I don't know Man. what more could have confirmed it. Okay, now I got to ask, you know, a little, tell me a little bit about your character. Yep. My, mm-hmm. my, my convictions go deep. I ain't going to lie. But like, it well, was well, funny too. You said you wrestling. I hadn't thought about that in no. years. I haven't done that in, God. So I said, what what kind of character years did, you, maybe? Did, did you have? Did you use like a form of your own self? Did you use your real name or did you have something completely different? I had a couple different ones, but they were okay. they were ones I made up, though. Oh yeah, mine was a uh, Lord Winslow Darkthorn, and he was a character that believed he was still in the Middle Ages. Oh, so you were you were doing the the Matt Hardy thing. Yeah, <laughs> and my character was like I tell you, I was doing it ten years before Matt Hardy, now that I think about it. Yep. And and my my <laughs> my, my t-shirts that, that i had because you would you know you would talk about your, your promos your own merchandise sometimes my t-shirts would be like lord winslow or i should be a lwd because you don't want to say that <laughs> 15 times a show yeah. lwd is about to get medieval on your ass <laughs> dude that's actually so lame but so awesome <laughs> right <laughs> that's e-wrestling right it's a character that in real life 
probably would never work in e-wrestling. It's the best thing ever. Watch now that I said oh, it out man. loud. Vince will hire somebody to do this in six weeks. And, and I won't get any credit for it because now I put it out there. Of course. All right. So you you knew from the very beginning. Very beginning. Right. Said, like, what's changed okay. for me is just the technology and the ways I would get out there and talk to people. It's really what changed for me. And I said that really is that's kind of like the, the internet was really where, hey, I could do a podcast. And <laughs> whereas if you're gonna oh, so, your, so your family knew from the get-go. Well, I mean, my, my mama tried. <laughs> you know, she really was <laughs> She, she, she did all she could to make me want a real job, and journalism was as close as I got. And that was because I knew that reporters could get talk shows. Baby, comedy's cool, but you got to eat. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is, most of the newspapers I worked for are out of business. I still do comedy shows. So the, the I picked the one stable, but supposedly the one backup plan, less stable than stand-up comedy. Now, fair. But yeah, so for me, it was a, it was always different because, you know, I was always a kid that you know, made good grades, did all this, you know, didn't miss any school, whatever. That, that and, does not to be that at all. <laughs> yeah. And it's it was interesting because I remember and for me, it was a lot about like, you know, family, like I was the next great hope, right? Family's putting like hopes and dreams, like you're going to be a Man. doctor, you're going to be a lawyer, you yeah. know, that whole thing. And the more I learned about all these different professions they all sounded terrible we had because i was just like in our childhood <laughs> we had, i'm gonna you, have to go to school for how long and then i'm gonna have to do residency and whatever like when do i get paid like you know like literally that was like how is this gonna happen you when know you talk about being the the, yeah, the, the the great hope man yeah yeah and and here's the thing for real for people that don't know like this happens in a lot of minority homes that there's always the like, hey, you're going to be the one that breaks the cycle. First you're one gonna to go to college in the family in a lot yep. of cases. You're you're going to be the one that gets out of poverty. You're going to be the one that breaks whatever the problem is, right? So, And it's that, and that's really, speaking for myself, you may feel different. That's too much to put on a kid. It really is. Oh, it's a lot. Fortunately, again, I, I got lucky I, I didn't have that on me. Like, I'm not. It just doesn't process for me that it's a thing. I'm always an individual. But I did see the effect on somebody like my sister. You know, like it bothered her way more whenever there was like, hey, you need to do this and whatever like that. She didn't have the pressure nearly as well as I did. But and how small was your town growing up? Oh, it was not big. Like my town, my, the whole area. And you know how Texas is like the further you get south, the smaller yeah. the towns get. And like and our town was the county seat. And I believe when I graduated, there was only 13,000 people. I swear to God, we had like the exact same childhood in so many ways. <laughs> that might be men, why we ended up doing this damn show together. Right. Minden, <laughs> Minden was, I think, the, uh, what do you call it? We did, Louisiana, the parish. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's crazy, man. Crazy. So for me, I always ended up just having a lot of diverse interests. So I grew up like, and I've always been that way in my, even in my adult life, I just find something out. I want to go research it. I want to learn it. I want to try it. And I tell people like, I even at one point was studying like stage magic just to perform stuff or whatever. Not that I was ever going <laughs> to do said, it every week. I learned something about you. Yeah, it's like, but wow. I just, I just wanted to know about it. Right. How does it performed and whatever, you know, different types of hobbies is from like, hell stuff from like fishing. You know, I just, one of the reasons I took up disc golf, you know, a bunch of different stuff. 
But even growing up, it was like comic books. It was sports cards. It was whatever, right? Just learning things. And Hell, I got paid to be in a jazz band before I actually went off to college. Bet you didn't know that. <laughs> That's where our childhood started uh, forking. <laughs> That's, that never happened to me. But it was just one of those things, right? So I always knew I wanted to do something, but I didn't know what. And, you know, I like a lot of little kids. I went through the thing of like, I want to be a fighter pilot. I want to be a firefighter. I want to be, you know, I did that. But like, none of those were like real. They were just like, I saw something on TV and that was fun. Let's do that. But as I got older, I started realizing like, I never really, you know, it's one of the things where I was making the grades and I was doing all that, but I never had that thing that just like, I want to do this. And then while I was and I honestly, even where I decided to go to school, it was literally because I was solid at art and I knew I could get paid quickly. So can I go and get a two year degree that's going to allow me to start getting paid? So I don't have to carry I don't want to carry a lot of student debt. Yeah, whatever. That was actually my game plan. Just get to real adult lower debt faster. (laughs) <laughs> when you're again, when you're growing up in a minority home, you know, below or 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 near poverty level or middle class, is what you're thinking about is like, how can I start getting paid? Which degree will give yep. me a check? The quick- and that's absolutely true. And the crazy part is, I do remember ap- applying to several better and large schools and getting even getting accepted, and I immediately went like, I can't take any of these. Yeah. Like I could, and you know, some of them. I'll, real talk, to this day, my family doesn't even know about some of them. Wow, because I didn't even want to have the conversations. Yeah, because I was like, I, this is just not worth it. I already know I'm not going to take them. I'm not even going to mention that I got accepted because I just did it just to see if I could. You know, just like where, and that was like a a heat check on myself of just like where is my status at leaving co- high school? Because I'm curious, right? But ultimately, yeah, I knew I was never going to pursue those. But then while I was in school and, you know, coming up and finishing like my second year or whatever, I had the opportunity to take over a business, which that was a little bit of creative writing and negotiating. But basically, real talk, bought a business with no money down and literally $200 in the bank on the first day of business. Don't ask. <laughs> Just Man, yeah, kind people in my life in the right situation. So that's gonna be I just started doing that in the the Quan Watson movie. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. So I just started doing that for you, and I and I kept using that to like spawn into other things. And it was like, okay, now I'm gonna do some writing. Now I'm gonna run some events, and now I'm gonna do whatever. So I kept realizing, like, even though I wasn't actively trying to, I kept finding ways to do things for myself. And I realized, like, I didn't want to depend on other people. Like, if I live or die by a decision I make, so be it. But here's an interesting thing. And it's funny because I recently remember having this conversation not that long ago. But up until I started doing this recent round of content, because, again, I've talked about, you know, having done a podcast before and all that. But this time was the first time I felt like I'm doing things and making decisions for me. Now, admittedly, you know, I've got a significant other at home and we have a house or whatever, but I'm not worried about employees. There's not a bunch of like contractual partners that were already existed because of other things or related things. Everything now is because of me specifically only for me. Cause even when I had my store, I'm still like, yeah, I got to make yeah. decisions that include the community, you know, yeah. that 
the clubs that we sponsor or the employees even that are working for me. Like, I'm not making decisions for myself. And this time I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go for it and make all those decisions right now and just like, whatever happens, happens. And I'm going to be good with this. So I don't think there was ever a point where I just like really knew this was the thing I was going to do. I think I've just had a whole series of decisions in my life that have like slowly led to me just being in this spot. Like all the skills I picked up along the way right. <laughs> have made it to where I can do what I do now, which is kind of funny. Yeah, because I, I had no way to know, you know, as I was getting training in journalism that 20 years later, comedians would be among the best working journalists. That was a thing that just happened. <laughs> yeah, that is kind of random, but true. The, the Daily <laughs> Show, you know, all those things just kind of happened. And I, I had no way to know that was going to happen. It's just I'm glad I got that training. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about it, but you're not wrong. <laughs> I mean, John Stewart routinely asked. Well, yeah, because I was thinking about than, like you know, John Stewart, Trevor yeah. Noah, hell, even Chelsea lately got a show. Yeah, you well, know, I like, disagree with both of his politics these days. Bill Maher, even. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, there's there's a lot of that out there. So you're you're not wrong. I mean, I I hell, Ellen DeGeneres had a show for what 13 years or whatever she's been on TV or whatever. So yeah, that kind of makes sense in a weird way. You know, but I think that's a tough thing because I think, you know, I, I don't know if I ever told you a story, but we had, you know, you kids grew up in the store or whatever, effectively. And, you know, I had parents that trusted me all the time and they would come up usually around the time the kids in like sophomore, junior in, in high school and be like, hey, if you don't mind, could you talk to them about college or whatever? I'm like, I'm not the person you want to have that conversation with. And they were always stunned because they were like, oh, well, I know who will talk some sense into them. Like. Nope, I'm not that guy. And I tried to explain to him. I said, honestly, I think we put too much pressure on kids to just have it. Literally, we have kids that have done nothing in their life. And you want them to have 100% everything figured out, what they want to do for the rest of their life, and go sign up for a school to teach them to do that thing, to get anywhere between thirty dollars and $100,000 in debt, if you're lucky, and some are going to be more than that, to not even really get a job in that field and then be paying that off for 30 years. Like, and here's a dirty secret. I would say a very large percentage of the people I know that have good paying jobs are doing something not in their degree plan. Th that is, yeah. Hell, when I was at Wizards, I know a bunch of people in my own damn department did not have marketing degrees. Hell, I didn't have really a marketing degree, <laughs> like, but I had a big business background. So it's just like, people are doing well and we just, the whole system right now just doesn't facilitate people making a living. I remember going to journalism classes and they're teaching me how to, to get a ruler and lay down some paper and, and measure things. And already the internet was happening. And I'm thinking like, by the time I'm out of this class, what you're teaching me will be useless. Forget yeah. about five years from now. And that's the tough part, right? When people talk about, oh, what should I do to get started and whatever. And like, I always tell people, Take a business course, take a tax course. And nobody ever wants to hear that. But I'm like, those are two of the most important things you can do. No matter, because even what you decide to do today will morph. It will change. But those are things that are going to be constant that you will learn in those classes. And you will carry those and it will make every iteration of your business better. But to just come out of high school and just know, I, I envy those people. I really do. 
that you knew, like in your case, you knew from a get-go, like, this is what I want to do. Now, I don't know how I'm going to get there sometimes. Right. I had to learn like, like, how to get there. They don't just yeah, but this is what I want to do. Yeah. And like, I never really had that. Mine was just like, I think I know what I wanted, which was to like, I don't want to be in a ton of debt. You know, I want to be able to enjoy some simple things. Because I've never had expensive tastes. I don't, you know, the idea of having Armani suits and Lamborghinis or whatever doesn't appeal to me. Never has. So I knew I didn't need a lot to live on. So I wanted to like, let how fast can I get to that point where I can enjoy myself and be comfortable? So I just kind of did whatever on the way there. But just now, later in life, I'm kind of like, okay, well, what if I just do this? Because I know I enjoy this and I can make that profitable. And that's kind of, you know, when we start talking about, hey, what if we did the podcast? Because here's a need and this is kind of fun. And I've done a podcast before. You know, let me try this YouTube thing out and see if I can turn this into something or whatever. But now I'm kind of like, yeah, this is probably where I'm supposed to be. But, you know, and I've talked to somebody else about this, is that it's tough because we have people told really two different things. One that, well, you know, you got to figure this out because you got to go to school, you got to do whatever. But then we'll also tell those people like, nah, you can F around in your 20s. And then like, (laughs) you know, get yourself together after that or whatever. Not realizing that all that time you're wasting not learning or putting yourself in debt or whatever is just going to make those later years worse. But yeah, I don't know. I I just think it's neat to see that like people can get to the same point a lot of different ways. And I don't think there's any one blueprint. I don't think you have to have a set plan. But we put so much pressure on people. Especially and honestly, even when it comes to games, right? I was talking to somebody not long ago telling them like people try to shoot for the moon in their first go into the game industry. People want to go to Blizzard, to Wizard of the Coast, whatever, and be like, I'm going to be a designer. I'm going to be a developer. And we're like, okay, cool, but where are your credentials? You know, like, I get it. Don't get me wrong. Shoot your shot. You might get lucky. But to be dejected and upset or whatever, and it's like, you just took the wrong path. You know how many people have taken a job at one of these big companies in a completely different department, got to know people from that department? worked on a couple of projects with them, built, figured out what it is they do and what they really are looking for because you're on the inside now, then develop a little bit of a thing and be like, hey, I saw that y'all had an opening coming up. I'm going to interview for that. Are y'all cool with that? And then you end up working in that department. Right? That's the game plan. But again, even to get to where I'm at, like mine is a journey of 50 different things that just had a lot of stops along the way, learned a lot of skills, made a lot of connections, and all of those have mattered for what we do right now. Absolutely. It sounds crazy, but, you know, it's just time in, I guess, my 10,000 hours or whatever it is, you know? But yeah, I don't know. I thought that was just, it would be cool to just share that with people, kind of give them that insight. I don't know. Y'all let me know. If y'all like these introspective things, let us know on our Twitter, hop by the Discord. A uh, little bit of a different conversation. But I can only speak for myself, but I feel like I learned so much about you again. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brian, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on social media? All right. I am Brian Sonic on Twitter, uh, YouTube, Instagram, and our family channel on YouTube is Alan's Ever After. So stop by there if you want to see what I do when I'm not, <laughs> when I'm not being the center of attention. <laughs> Well, if you want to find me, I am 
as always at Power Dragon, P-O-W-R-D-R-A-G-N on most social platforms. And uh, yeah, I got a lot of stuff coming through soon on the YouTube channel, as well as we'll be filming some stuff with the guys on I Hate Your, not I Hate Your Deck, because that was where you separated from, Joe Johnson, formerly of I Hate Your Deck, over at Tabletop Jocks. We'll be filming some stuff with him at the end of the month and have some other secret stuff we're working on that'll be coming up soon as well. But as always, wherever you're listening, whenever you're listening, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Please remember to take care of yourself and your family, and remember to be awesome and be awesome to each other. If you'd like to further support Color of Magic, you can find us on our website at colorofmtg.com. We also have a Patreon if you'd like to donate. Other patreon.com slash colorofmagic. You can also find us on Facebook under Color of Magic. And if you want to follow us along at Twitter, you can find us there at Color of MTG. And as always, please share the podcast around to your friends, your network, people you think might enjoy it, because every little bit helps as we're trying to increase our user base. 